0: Section twenty nine of the Columbia Accident Investigation Board Final Report, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Columbia Accident Investigation Board Final Report, Volume One, by the Columbia Accident Investigation Board. Chapter six I Decision Making at NASA part nine six point four possibility of rescue or repair to put the decisions made during the flight of sts-107 into perspective the board asked nasa to determine if there were options for the safe return of the sts-107 crew in this study nasa was to assume that the extent of damage to the leading edge of the left wing was determined by national imaging assets or by a spacewalk. NASA was then asked to evaluate the possibility of 1. Rescuing the STS-107 crew by launching Atlantis. Atlantis would be hurried to the pad, launched, rendezvous with Columbia, and take on Columbia's crew for a return. It was assumed that NASA would be willing to expose Atlantis and its crew to the same possibility of external tank bipod foam loss that had damaged Columbia. Two, repairing the damage to Columbia's wing on orbit. In this repair scenario, astronauts would use onboard materials to rig a temporary fix. Some of Columbia's cargo might be jettisoned, and a different reentry profile would be flown to lessen the heating on the left wing leading edge the crew would be prepared to bail out if the wing structure was predicted to fail on landing. In its study of these two options, NASA assumed the following timeline. Following the debris strike discovery on Flight Day 2, mission managers requested imagery by Flight Day 3. That imagery was inconclusive, leading to a decision on Flight Day 4 to perform a spacewalk on Flight Day 5 that spacewalk revealed potentially catastrophic damage. The crew was directed to begin conserving consumables such as oxygen and water, and shuttle managers began around-the-clock processing of Atlantis to prepare it for launch. Shuttle managers pursued both the rescue and the repair options, from Flight Day 6 to Flight Day 26, and on that day, February tenth, decided which one to abandon. The NASA team deemed this timeline realistic, for several reasons. First, the team determined that a spacewalk to inspect the left wing could be easily accomplished. The team then assessed how long the crew could limit its use of consumables, to determine how long Columbia could stay in orbit. The limiting consumable was the lithium hydroxide canisters, which scrub from the cabin atmosphere the carbon dioxide the crew exhales. After consulting with flight surgeons, the team concluded that by modifying crew activity and sleep time, carbon dioxide could be kept to acceptable levels until flight day 30, the morning of February 15th. All other consumables would last longer. Oxygen, the next most critical, would require the crew to return on flight day 31. Repairing Damage on Orbit the repair option, while logistically viable using existing materials on board Columbia, relied on so many uncertainties that NASA rated this option as high risk. To complete a repair, the crew would perform a spacewalk, to fill an assumed six-inch hole in an RCC panel with heavy metal tools, small pieces of titanium, or other metal scavenged from the crew cabin. These heavy metals, which would help protect the wing structure, would be held in place during re-entry by a water-filled bag that had turned into ice in the cold of space. The ice and metal would help restore wing leading edge geometry, preventing a turbulent airflow over the wing and therefore keeping heating and burn-through levels low enough for the crew to survive re-entry and bail out before landing. Because the NASA team could not verify that the repairs would survive even modified reentry, the rescue option had a considerably higher chance of bringing Columbia's crew back alive. Rescuing the STS-107 crew with Atlantis Accelerating the processing of Atlantis for early launch and rendezvous with Columbia was by far the most complex task in the rescue scenario. On Columbia's Flight Day 4, Atlantis was in the orbiter processing facility at Kennedy Space Center, with its main engines installed, and only 41 days from its scheduled March 1 launch. The solid rocket boosters were already mated with the external tank in the vehicle assembly building. By working three around-the-clock shifts seven days a week, Atlantis could be ready for launch, with no necessary testing skipped, by February 10th. If launch processing and countdown proceeded smoothly, this would provide a five-day window from February 10th to February 15th, in which Atlantis could rendezvous with Columbia before Columbia's consumables ran out. According to records, the weather on these days allowed a launch. Atlantis would be launched with a crew of four, a commander, pilot, and two astronauts trained for spacewalks, in January, seven commanders, seven pilots, and nine spacewalk-trained astronauts were available. During the rendezvous on Atlantis's first day in orbit, the two orbiters would maneuver to face each other with their payload bay doors open. Suited Columbia crew members would then be transferred to Atlantis via spacewalks. Atlantis would return with four crew members on the flight deck and seven in the mid-deck, mission control would then configure columbia for a deorbit burn that would ditch the orbiter in the pacific ocean or would have the columbia crew take it to a higher orbit for a possible subsequent repair mission if more thorough repairs could be developed this rescue was considered challenging but feasible to succeed it required problem-free processing for atlantis and a flawless launch countdown if program managers had understood the threat that the bipod foam strike posed, and were able to unequivocally determine before Flight Day 7 that there was potentially catastrophic damage to the left wing, these repair and rescue plans would most likely have been developed, and the rescue would have been conceivable. For a detailed discussion of the rescue and repair options, see Appendix D13. FINDINGS F6.4-1. The repair option, while logistically viable using existing materials on board Columbia, relied on so many uncertainties that NASA rated this option high risk. F6.4-2. If program managers were able to unequivocally determine before flight day 7 that there was potentially catastrophic damage to the left wing, Accelerated processing of Atlantis might have provided a window in which Atlantis could rendezvous with Columbia before Columbia's limited consumables ran out. Recommendation R. 6.4-1 For missions to the International Space Station, develop a practicable capability to inspect and effect emergency repairs to the widest possible range of damage to the thermal protection system including both tile and reinforced carbon-carbon taking advantage of the additional capabilities available when near to or docked at the international space station for non-station missions develop a comprehensive autonomous independent of station inspection and repair capability to cover the widest possible range of damage scenarios accomplish an on-orbit thermal protection system inspection Using appropriate assets and capabilities, early in all missions. The ultimate objective should be a fully autonomous capability for all missions to address the possibility that an International Space Station mission fails to achieve the correct orbit, fails to dock successfully, or is damaged during or after undocking. End of section 29 Recording by Maria Casper.